Hey everyone, I'm Stephanie. I'm a book-loving, notebook-hoarding, literacy teacher educator on a mission to change lives one book and one notebook at a time. And this is the Get Literate Podcast, a podcast where we explore the power of reading and writing to cultivate a life we love. Each week, I offer a bit of bibliotherapy and share three books you need to know about on a bookish theme to fuel our reading hearts and help us grow through what we go through. But that's not all. I also invite you to extend those bookish themes into your own life through notebooking, lifelong learning, and creativity to experience the life-changing magic of reading in our lives. And the best part? Each episode is only 20 minutes or less, so you can spend less time listening and more time reading. Now, on to today's episode. Hey everyone, Stephanie here. Welcome to episode 13 of the Get Literate podcast. Today we are talking about two comfort elements that often go straight to everyone's heart, books and food. (laughs) So there are three things that you need to know about me if we are going to talk about food. Number one, I can't cook. I can't. I know everyone should be able to, but I have no idea what happens to me when I get in the kitchen. I just can't seem to juggle all of the balls in the air that need to be juggled when creating a meal, knowing when to start one dish and when to start the other, where all the ingredients are and a pinch of this and a dash of that. I just can't seem to pull it together to create something savory It actually tastes like it's supposed to taste. I can get as far as I needed to go when I had small children at home. I could handle that kind of cooking, but the kind of cooking like savory dinners and wonderful brunches, that is just not in my wheelhouse. However, the second thing you need to know about me is that I can bake. I can bake anything. I love baking anything, cakes, cookies, cinnamon rolls, sweet treats, you name it. If it has sugar and butter in it, then I can make it. And I usually can do it quite well. In my small little family, I am known for my yummy banana bread and my chocolate chip cookies that have just the right amount of salt that come out perfect every time. But here's the third thing you need to know about me. And it's a pretty important one. I am fairly food obsessed because of my food restrictions. So I can't cook, I can bake, but I find that I am constantly thinking about food because there are so many things I can't have. I am gluten-free and dairy-free to name the big ones. Although there are a couple of other free foods that I am not able to have. Uh, But basically gluten and dairy are the big culprits. And I find that I get overly obsessed with what I'm eating or what I wish I could eat or what I want to eat or what maybe I can eat if I play with the recipe. And so I find that I stress out about food far too much because of this. So when I am reading, 
I really love when I can get lost in someone else's story and someone else's food journey because they don't have to be quite as obsessive like me. They don't have to get stressed over what they eat. They can just enjoy the beautiful feast in front of them on a vacation or have a novel about food and friendship and family and not worry if there's an ingredient in it that they can't have. So I really love books that can transport me to a different place with food so that I can enjoy it a little bit more than I can in real life. So today I am sharing three books where food is central to the story. And they're basically three books that you do not want to read when you're hungry because they are going to make you hungrier. They are going to make you close the book to go find a treat to enjoy, or your mind's just going to start to wander or head to Google to find the next recipe that you're going to make. Now, that would only happen to me if we were talking about baking, but lucky for us, the first book that I am going to share is about baking. This is a book where I could take these recipes with a little bit of modification and make them my own. And I'm not saving the best for last because in my opinion, this book takes the cake, literally. I love it and I love this author. It's Meet Me at the Cupcake Cafe by Jenny Colgan. I love this book for so many reasons. First, I love a good rom-com and this definitely has some rom-com vibes. I love baking. I especially love cupcakes. And well, this book is all about cupcakes. But I also love a story where the character is facing something challenging at the start. And then the whole book walks us through the transformation the character goes through to get to the other side, to a place that's happier or healthier or more in line with what they were born to do. And this is that kind of of book. So the book follows Izzy and Izzy loves to bake. She inherited that love of baking from her grandfather who was a baker himself and she is constantly making her grandfather's recipes for herself, for her family, for her friends and she's kind of known as that home baker who will always bring us sweet treat to make something better. But Izzy is discharged from her job and she doesn't know where to turn. So where does she turn? Well, she bakes. That is her stress relief. And as she's baking, as she's kind of following these threads of what she loves to do when she doesn't know where to turn for her next real position, she ends up taking a very big risk and makes a bold move to start her own bakery. Now that's when the story really begins. The story then follows Izzy's journey to this new point in her life. From the good things and the bad things, the challenges and the successes, things like finding the perfect espresso machine, knowing where to get Madagascar vanilla, how to remodel a bakery on a low budget, where to find a good employee, how to get money for all of this in the first place, and then how to balance a professional and a personal life as well. The book so beautifully follows all of it while at the same time giving you a glimpse into what Izzy is feeling and thinking along with the other main characters that we meet. We get to know the backstory of her first employee, 
We get to know the interesting backstory of her second employee. And of course, we get to learn about Izzy's love interest because this does have some rom-com tendencies. But better than all of that, for someone who can't cook but loves to bake, were the recipes. At the start of every couple of chapters or so, there is a mouth-watering recipe to tantalize you into making it and to set the scene for the next chapters to come. So there are recipes like her grandfather's drop scones, orange cupcakes with marmalade. We've got Madagascar vanilla cupcakes with vanilla buttercream frosting. And of course, we've got some chocolate ganache and some chocolate mousse mixed in there. When you combine those sweet treats with the sweet delights of the storyline, this book packs a powerful punch that left me craving chocolates and cupcakes and really strong, wonderful coffee as I turned the pages. The best part, though, is that there is a sequel to this book, Christmas at the Cupcake Cafe, which is just as good and just as filled with yummy, sugary, delightful treats. Now, I admit, I have tried making one or two of these recipes, and because I had to modify the recipe so much, I'm not sure what the originals would actually taste like, but my versions certainly were delicious too. Now, up next, we're gonna take a bit of a turn. We're gonna take a savory turn, and I want to highlight a book that I have brought to the podcast before. I actually talked about it in the second episode of Get Literate. As I talked about my favorite epistolary novels, those are the novels that are written completely in letters back and forth to different characters. And this book, Love and Saffron by Kim Fay, is definitely a book that you should not read when you are hungry because it definitely gets your mouth watering for all things savory across a variety of meals and meal types. So this book, chronicles the long distance snail mail friendship between Joan and Imogene. Now Joan is 27 years old and she sends an old fashioned pen pal letter to Imogene who is 59. Now Joan is an aspiring food writer and Imogene is a columnist for a magazine that she has very much enjoyed since she was a child. Not expecting much from that exchange, she was surprised to find a response in her mailbox in which an unlikely friendship begins through letters, through writing, and through food. In her first letter, Joan gifted Imogen saffron, just a little, a little pouch of saffron and a recommendation to cook a particular dish. What happens in that gift of saffron is that it changes everything for both of them. Now, Joan ends up learning that she can find friendship and food and maybe even love in unexpected places over their pen pal journey. And Imogene realizes that that one little gift of saffron was all she needed to take a new look at her husband and a new look at her marriage, which gave them a whole new lease on life. And this is all through letters of pen pals who have only met once. Now, I admit, I really fell hard for this book because I love epistolary, epistolary novels, but I also have somewhat of an obsession right now with saffron. 
I recently read You Happier by Dr. Daniel Amen, and he talks about happy saffron, saying that this particular spice has some somewhat magical happy properties that can, in some cases, work just as well as an antidepressant. And that set me on a food as medicine journey that I've really been enjoying since then. So that was a nice little compliment to this book. And one of the recipes that Joan recommends with the saffron is not one that I've tried, but hopefully I can pass on to my Italian husband who will be giving it a shot in the kitchen. But beyond that, there are recipes like creamy risotto, chicken with cinnamon and cloves. That one sounds so good as we're moving into fall. Guacamole soup and a coconut dessert to round it off. So this is a book full of letters. It is a book full of food. But even more importantly, it is a book full of friendship. Unexpected friendship and the ties that bind through writing, food, and love. Now, one more book to go. My third book to share with you is going to bring you Christmas in September. I would love to press into your hands The Christmas Table by Donna Van Leer. Oh, if I'm completely honest, I hugged this book when I was finished. I know I've talked about huggable books on the podcast before, and this book is on my list of books that I hugged. It is a feel-good story. It is your typical, wonderful, hallmark, lifetime Christmas book in a movie, or a Christmas movie in a book, I should say, kind of story. It's told by two characters 40 years apart. Joan is a mom in 1972, and Lauren is a mom-to-be in 2012. And so they may be divided by a significant amount of time, but they're unknowingly connected by their recipes. So Lauren ends up finding a stack of recipes inside a refurbished table that she bought for her new home with her new husband in 2012. She didn't have the greatest home life growing up. She never had a family dinner or a family meal routine. She didn't learn how to cook and understand the importance that food could bring to a family. And so she ends up learning how to cook and learning how to be a family through these recipes that she found. So these recipes have given her something that she never had and something that she was fearful that she wouldn't know how to take care of. Now, as a reader, we learn that these recipes are actually originally Joan's. Back in 1972, Joan's husband made her a beautiful kitchen table for their new home together. She was so inspired by his wonderfulness of creating this table for their family that she decided she was going to have to finally learn how to cook something she wanted to do, but something she had just never made a priority. So she got out her mother's recipes. And over the course of Joan's portion of the story, she started to learn how to cook and bring her family together in this new way. Now, I won't give away how the ending goes. I won't give away how the connection between the two women is found, but rest assured that there is a strong connection and a strong thread throughout all of these pages between both characters and the recipes they share. And let me tell you, the recipes are wonderful. 
there are pumpkin risotto pancakes, three cheese egg casserole, cinnamon breakfast rolls, and my favorite, the chocolate chip cheese ball. I mean, when you think Christmas and you think holidays, these are the recipes you want to have. And at least from both characters' point of view, the recipes are easy enough for a beginning, a beginning cook to master. Recipes that I probably should try. But this book is just a feel-good book. These characters end up coming together in an unexpected way, and these recipes have brought each of them something that they didn't know they were capable of before. So there you have it. Three beautiful books built on food, friendship, and love, and that you should probably not read when you are hungry. That's Meet Me at the Cupcake Cafe by Jenny Colgan, Love and Saffron by Kim Fay, and The Christmas Table by Donna Van Leer. And now you know what's coming next. We always take our bookish theme of the week and we think about how to bring it to life in our actual lives. So I encourage you to think for a minute, what are the recipes that are threaded throughout your life? Just like these recipes have been threaded throughout the character's life. Are there certain recipes that you have cherished and that have passed down, been passed down to you as we saw in the Christmas table? Are there recipes that you are known for because you're so good at them, because you love making them and gifting them to others? And how do you connect with other people, with your family, with your friends, with others that you meet through food? Those are things that I urge you to think about and to just land on a couple of recipes that might be important staples for you. Your tried and true recipes to rely on, like my banana bread and my chocolate chip cookies. I know when I think of my grandparents, I've got my grandma Bamps, who have by far, hands down, the best homemade applesauce and strawberry jam in the world. And then I can think of my other grandparents, Mimi and Papa, who I can't quite think of without thinking of their chicken and baked potatoes and green bean meal that was my favorite as a kid. So take some time. Of course, grab one or two or three of these books to read, but think about how food is threaded throughout your own life and how you might use it to better connect with others. Now, you know, I would love to know your titles that you're thinking of. So you can comment on the show notes at alitlife.com or find me on your favorite social media platform at Affinito Lit and let me know which foods, or I'm sorry, which books have food threaded throughout the pages that you think I should read or books that I should not read when I'm hungry because they might make us head for a snack, stop reading, or get distracted. So thanks for listening. I can't wait to see the titles you send my way and I will see you next week for another episode. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Get Literate podcast. You'll find links to all the books, resources, and ideas mentioned in the show notes and at www.alitlife.com. 
You'll also find additional inspiration for your reading and writing life there, like book lists, notebooking ideas, personalized book recommendations, and an invitation to join my Get Literate members community. Each month, we take a deep dive into one bookish theme and work to bring it to life in our own lives. You'll get a monthly bibliotherapy book calendar with a book recommendation for every day of the month, bonus episodes, live book club sessions, and much more. Learn more at www.getliterate.co.